0: Good evening, everyone. It's time for Ham Talk Live. It's episode number 224, the Portable Operations Challenge, recorded live on Thursday, August 20th, 2020. I'm your host, Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Ham Talk Live. Tonight, we're joined by Frank Howell, K4FMH. And we'll take your calls live in a few minutes. Last week, Tad Cook, K7RA, was here to talk about Solar Cycle 25. And if you missed that show, you can listen anytime at hamtalklive.com or on your favorite podcast app or on YouTube. Or you can catch the rebroadcast of Ham Talk Live on WTWW. That's 5085 AM. And, um, they play that Saturday afternoons about three thirty p.m. Eastern time, so you can always catch the show a couple of days later over on WTWW. So, so thanks to uh, Ted and the gang over there for uh, playing the show on Saturdays. All right, we'll get your questions ready to go for Frank. If you are listening to us live here on Thursday night, you can give us a call after the interview is over. I'll go ahead and give you the phone number now so you can have it ready for when we announce that. It's 859-982-7373. Again, 859-982-7373. You can also tweet us. It's at HamTalkLive on Twitter. If you're on Spreaker, you can type in the comments and we'll get that. So all kinds of ways to interact with us tonight. And, um, again, Frank Howell, K4FMH, will be with us right after this word from Tower Electronics
1: right here on Hamtalk Live. Thanks for choosing Tower Electronics. How may we help you today? We have PL259s. We have end connectors. We have SMA adapters. We have BNC adapters. What can I show you today? Where's the tower? Well, we don't actually have a tower with us, but we have all kinds of things you can use with a tower. We have power poles, antennas, soldering irons and meters. Where's the tower? <laughs> Ma- ma'am, that's the name of our company. We can't haul towers to all the HAMFests across the country that we visit, but we have almost every connector and adapter you would need to Connect your antenna that's on your tower. I don't think there's a tower back there. I really don't. Tower Electronics. Visit us at a ham near you or call 920-435-2973. Or see our whole catalog at pl-259.com. Sorry, one thing we don't have is a tower. The grass may be greener on the other side, but at least we don't have to mow it. You're listening to Ham Talk Live with Neil Rapp.
0: Welcome back to Ham Talk Live. We'd like to thank Scott and Jill at Tower Electronics for sponsoring the show tonight. They help bring you Ham Talk Live each and every week. You can visit them anytime at pl-259.com. They had a couple of ham fests there that kind of snuck in, but uh, they're they're back home for a while. So uh, give them a call or stop by their website, pl-259.com. My guest tonight is Frank Howell. He's a professor emeritus uh, from Mississippi State University and an adjunct professor at Emory University. He's been a shortwave listener, DXer, and uh, antenna builder since he was eight years old. At age 20, he led the construction of two radio stations, professional broadcast radio stations, served as the news director at WXLX before... Attending graduate school and pursuing a career as a college professor, Frank became a ham at age 58, excuse me, in 2010. He lives in Ridgeland, a Northern suburb of Jackson, Mississippi. And he is a part of the ICQ podcast podcast team. If I can talk. Um, he's also been on the QSO radio show on WTWW, where you also hear ham talk live. And, um, also on the W5KUB roundtable. So here's a little clip about the portable ops challenge we're going to talk about tonight.
2: I do like operating my ham radio rig outdoors, but on contest days, well, the super stations always seem to win. So here's the deal the steering committee has taken a bulldozer to level the playing field between the big guns and the little pistols. In the Fox Mike Hotel Portable Ops Challenge October third and fourth, twenty twenty. See FoxMyCotel.com and click the POC tab. Will you take the challenge? All right, so will
0: you take the challenge? That's the question. Frank, welcome to Ham Talk Live.
2: Neil, thank you for having me. Your podcast is one of those that's uh, in my podcast list, and I listen to each and every episode. I want to thank you for everything you do. It's tough following Tad, uh, the sun god cook. That was a great show this week.
0: (laughs) It was everything I could do at the beginning of the show. You know, when I said, last week, here's what you missed, you know, if you missed the show. It was everything I could do not to put one of those nicknames in there and say, you know tad walking on the sun cook you know i've that, that was fun i i i, a lot I of fun.
2: enjoyed
0: it <laughs> in fact i've got a package sitting right here in front of me that's uh, got t-shirt. tad cook's name on it i, I ordered yeah. more shirts so he could get a t-shirt so it's sitting right here ready to go in the mail to him good deal but it was a lot of fun well you're here and we'll, we'll have some fun with this tonight um and you know you're a former professional broad chaser i mean broadcaster and so you know we we'll, we're used to this radio thing so let's talk that's that's what we do and um, you've got a new contest called the portable operations challenge and it's a very unique setup so tell us about the setup of this tell us about the contest and and what inspired you to do this
2: well, of course, portable operating inspired it basically, but I enjoy getting into, uh, contests, state QSO parties, field day and things like that. And when I talk with, uh, other ham operators, particularly those who operate portably, you know, we'll talk about contests and they'll go, yeah, I enjoy doing it. It's kind of thrilling. Get in there in the chase, try to get into a pile-up, but you know, it's just never going to win. The superstation is always going to dominate and, Little head hanging there. And I got to thinking about, well, um, I I taught a course for a number of years on the sociology of sport, published research on the effects of being a high school varsity athlete, uh, on the editorial board of the um, Sociology of Sport Journal, yada, 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 the academic stuff on sports. So I got to thinking about amateur radio calls contesting a radio sport. It's reflects a lot of differences in radio gear. He or she who has the best gear tends to win. And I think we've just sort of edged into that through sort of a competitive nature. Not everybody can have uh, the uh, superstation, say, that K3LR, Tim Duffy has in western Pennsylvania. Twelve transceivers, one for each band, a rack of SDRs on PSK Reporter, feeding up where the spots are to each station, and so on and so on. And, and there's nothing wrong with building a superstation. If you've got a few hundred thousand dollars that you can do it, why not? Nothing wrong with that. But the thought occurred to me, well... We have the same kind of sport difference in other sports besides radio sport. Golf is one of them. Uh, I'm a golfer. I I enjoy playing. I'm not very good. Uh, I've cursed a couple of times, I'll admit that, but I've never thrown a club. I I enjoy it. And I enjoy trying to get out there and compete. And what happens in golf is that a player's history, recent history and how they've score they've shot on what difficulty uh, of a course that they've tended to play goes into a handicap index and so if you and I were playing nil and you're a scratch golfer that means you've got technically a handicap of zero par for you is probably 72 holes if that's the par for the course well let's just say I shoot about an 82 or so or somewhere in there well then that means that I would get a stroke every hole and I could shoot uh, bogey, one over par, and you could shoot par, and we'd tie. So that's how golf handicapped. So it occurred to me in working with my portable ops team, uh, you know, as you take a break or after uh, it's over, you start talking about things. I thought, you know, what really makes a difference between a big contest station and a portable ops station? Now, bear in mind. All contest stations are not alike, very far from it. Not many people have a Tim Duffy-type station. Uh, Tom Roush down in Barnesville, Georgia, has a, a, a antenna field that most broadcasters would die for, uh, probably eight or nine towers last time I checked on Google Earth. And there are many, many others. But what can we do to try to level that playing field to make it more about radio sport than radio gear now that's the idea and we can talk some more about that keep keep the questions coming but that's the basic idea where it came from
0: well i'm going to take exception with you on on just one thing okay now now when i went to college i was actually pre-med yeah and so i i had to take a p.e elective yeah Uh, actually two I, I, i took bowling and the other one i took was golf yeah. and I told everybody that I was taking golf because it was a required subject for my major right because I was <laughs> pre-med now if you had seen me on the golf course when I was taking that class i I would be getting like five strokes a hole so so there there's no way there, there's there's no way I, I, I'd be at scratch there no way.
2: It, just, it was. Just, hypothetical. It doesn't work. It was it, it,
0: it is more. It's more divots than anything else. So, and yeah, golf, but,
2: golf can be a very humbling uh, sport. Humbling
0: yes, it sport. can, and it can really hurt your forearms too. Yeah,
2: but yes
0: it can. <laughs> <laughs> especially when you hit the ground all the time. But anyway, I, I like the idea of level in the playing field. You know, because there are times when you know that it's outmatched, you know, and in sports, you know, that happens. Um, you know, that's why we have, you know, Division one, Division two, II, Division three in college, you know, and even within those, there, there are, you know, people who are outmatched. And right. so I like the idea of of leveling the playing field. So how are you leveling the playing field between a, you know, a K3LR or a K9CT or, you know – How are you leveling the playing field between those?
2: Okay. First thing I wanted to do is to get a steering committee comprised of some pretty good contesters, as well as some really good portable ops. Because, Neil, I'm a sociologist and statistician, so you think about the cultures around contesting. And you go to Contest University, you kind of learn about the cultures, the beliefs. Do it this way, not that way. Here's what the real inside baseball game is, this, that, and the other. And you can go to Contest University and learn an awful lot about the uh, culture of uh, contesting. Well... Portable ops have a different culture. How to put your equipment together to be light? There's different venues for that. Whether you're a soda climber to a hill climber, and so on and so on. So I put together a an an amazing steering committee, and it's on our website. Uh, there are some what I'd call blue collar contesters like Bill Barnes, W three CB. Uh, uh, Mike Duke, K5XU, blind since birth, uh, in the public broadcasting arena, and a 50-year ham. Don Field, uh, United Kingdom, uh, editor of wireless, Practical Wireless Magazine, and president of the UK DX um, uh, Foundation. You know, Neil, I, I had to cut his resume so it would be somewhat in the ballpark for everybody else on our staircase. is <laughs> an amazingly accomplished DXer and contester, DXpeditions, and so on and so on. Uh, Tommy Huzarakis, uh VK2IR in Australia. Tommy is a hoot. He is extremely enthusiastic. He loves contesting. He has a company. Uh, there in telecommunications, and he's the president of the Hellenic Amateur Radio Association in Aussie Land. Uh, Eddie Layton, portable operator. Eddie is best known for the concept of radar, rapid deployment of amateur radio. So he gets out in the bush. He actually has a practice field where he lives in the bush to practice rapid amateur radio deployment. So Eddie Layton who's in the Hall of Fame for the South African Radio League is a, one of the leading portable ops around. Bill Lippert, AC0W he lives near Austin. He's a very active contester. Uh, Stuart Thomas, KB1QHS, Stuart just wrote the book on portable operations published by the ARL. Paula Ushin, who's up near Chicago, she's a very active soda uh, summit. She is what's called a mountain goat. And no... That's not a sexist term. She happens to be a very nice <laughs> lady, but that is a, a a goal you reach in uh a soda uh Mountain Goat. Thomas Witherspoon, who is one of the most prolific writers about portable and QRP operations, has the website QRPer.com and swedling.com. Operates portably almost every day up in the mountains of North Carolina. And finally, we have Dr. Scott Wright, editor of the National Contesting Journal, a physician at Mayo Clinic, and he's leading the convalescent plasma effort there uh, centered at Mayo Clinic to try to help out with the COVID-19. So uh, I may uh, have skipped a couple of members of my uh, portable ops team, Mike McKay and 5DU. Uh, and Thomas Gandy, N5WDG. Thomas is the Can-You-Hear-Me-Now guy for AT&T over several states. He is the network engineer manager. His team here uh in Ridgeland actually plans AT&T's network for four states. If you want to sight an antenna, Thomas is your guy. He's got all the stuff there in the computer, and he can tell you where to put that tower. And, of course, our friend and yours Ed Durant, DD5LP in Germany, he's a native of England, Ed has absolutely done a tremendous amount of work I don't think we would be at launch this calendar year if it were not for Ed Durant and Ed is um, I'm not sure what his title in the solar world is, I don't know if he is a Sherpa or a mountain goat, but he's up there He's, he's he's way <laughs> up there, and he's also uh, with uh, Amateur Radio Newsline. So the first thing that I did was to put together a team who could think about these matters in a very experienced and educated way, and let's blend these two cultures because they're going to look at things very differently. Okay, so that was step one. Step two, we did something that, Neil, I don't see much at all. And if you do, please tell me because I've, I've looked a little bit. Most contests will have what the scores, uh, how the scores are calculated, but they don't tell you why. We're going to count you know, multiplier for CW Ops. Why? Well, we want to promote CW. Well, there's nothing wrong with that at all. But right. there's no kind of rationale. So one of the things we did is create a theory of the contest. How is the contest organized? So the theory then gave us some of the metrics now you've got portable ops and what we call QTHers. I know QTH stands for location, but just for a mnemonic, we, if you're, you're a QTHer, if you're operating in a permanent station, uh, whether it's your home, your second home, somebody else's home, but you know, you're, you're in a, a fixed and permanent station. Uh, a portable op, in our definition, is one that uses no permanently installed amateur radio infrastructure with the exception of AC or mains current, you can be in a park and get you know a courtesy AC plane. We're we're good with that. So that's kind of our working definition. We ran down the path of can you do patio port? Oh yeah, I hooked up my beam to my uh, FT817 <laughs> and worked to Europe. Well, that's kind of violates the spirit, right? So, but how yeah, do you get at yeah. that? So we we felt like right. the no permanent thing. All right. How do we calculate scores? I work, you need on the contest. Okay, I, I, I've got a contact. Well, we changed that. It's the kilometers per watt that you use to work somebody. Now, you can be in another continent, and I'm using a, a kilowatt. And you can be in the next town, and I'm using QRP. And we'd have to do the math with the numbers, but the QRP person just might get a better uh, KPW score there. You just have to do the math. So efficiency of power rather than having all the power that the law allows. So kilowatts or kilometers per watt is the basic score. Okay. Now... What we did on the different modes – now, what many contests do is they say, okay, you can't put these together. They're just different. Everybody will do FT8, and Bob's your uncle. They're going to (laughs) win. Why? It's the difficulty of making the contact to us. So phone is the most difficult with everything else being equal, conditions being exactly the same, phone, whether it's sideband or AM – Probably not FM, but, uh, but but phone is the most challenging, followed by CW. CW can get in there where phone can't. But wow, digital, and especially the Joe Taylor variety, FT8 and FT4, you don't even have to hear it with the human ear. It can be below the noise level and still be recoverable. So if you're working digital, you get a multiplier on that KPW of one or nothing. If you work in CW, you get a multiplier. Uh, I think it's of, of two. And then for phone, I think it's three, but I'll have to check, check the table that Ed and I put together. But, you, but you see, the point is you get a multiplier mm-hmm. on that sure. depending how difficult the mode is. Okay. Well, that tends to level a little bit of playing field. Okay. How do you deal with a tremendous number of transmitters and operators and the little one person? guy or gal okay one transmitter operating qrp well let's just face it you can be there neil and you can be chugging along little engine that could you are calling cq you are working every contact that comes comes back to you no matter where you're running five watts 100 watts or a thousand watts but if there's another person with just two stations and they're constantly at it who's going to do better in all likelihood, the two transmitters. So we started yeah. out by saying you can have as many transmitters as you want, but we're going to divide your total score by the number of transmitters you have. So the K3LR can have 12, and Neil operating with that 5-watt um, uh, you, you, new ICOM 705 that you're probably going gonna, to gonna talk about at some <laughs> point, uh, yes, then, hey, are. you know, there you go. You know, uh, you can use one, you can use a dozen, but it's the per transmitter production. That seems more about sport than about gear. Okay, well, steering committee said, Mm -hmm. all right, let's be fair. Let's don't go crazy. So for this first year, because we don't know, because let's face it, uh, two transmitters over one is a jump. Well, it's three that much better than two and it's four and so on so there may be a non-linear impact in the Mm -hmm. number of transmissions you have so we said okay Let's do the first year, let's just restrict it to two transmitters. You can have as many operators as you want. You can run people in and out of there in 30-minute intervals so you got a fresh voice or a fresh wrist if you're a CW op or whatever. Uh, you can do all you want to. The more that you have in the contest as operators, the more fun you're going to have. That's, that's a real virtue of field day, I think. So when you got a bunch of people and they all get a chance to get their hand in. That's up to the individual team. Um and so you're only gonna have two transmitters that are operating concurrently. Now you can bring a dozen. You may blow out a final, you may have one set up for digital, one set up for C W and one set up for sideband, and all you do is have any two of them operating at one time. Two concurrently max. And then if you've got two, we'll divide by two. Okay. Wow, now does that make neil operating with that icom 705 how many watts does that have now is that 10 watts on on phone
0: i I believe it's 10 on phone yeah
2: yeah okay so neil's out there calling cq with his new icom 705 out in the wilderness just really working those those stations and is that going to be equal to a k3lr even under the other conditions well what we haven't got or the beam antennas with gain, or any antennas with gain. You can take Bob Heil with his wire beams, and you get some gain. So it really doesn't, and it also doesn't take into account that you've got a nice uh, environment to be in, in your shack. You probably will have the use of an amp if you want it, although... I have an amp for my portable team not that' all alike having a permanent tower it, with a directional game producing beam is still something we didn't were able to get at now you know it's hard to get your arms around that you trust people um. The other one is there's a real uh, a mutual attractiveness for home-based operators to work other home-based operators. And then if you're kind of scavenging late in the night, you might get a few of the lower power stations that you passed over earlier. How do we take that into account? Well, we have another multiplier that I could a statistician, and this is a show about electronics. We call that a tuning parameter. And if you're a QTH station... Uh, you, you get a multiplier of one. If you're a portable station, you get a multiplier of 1.414. I'm going to explain why it's that way in just a second. Okay. Uh, so depending on the two people or two stations working one another, if you're a QTH station, you work another QTH station. Uh, okay. It's a multiplier of one because that's the easiest in all likelihood. That's going to be the easiest. If you're a QTH station and you work a portable station or a portable station that works a QTH station, you get a 1.414, and uh, I won't read all the rest of the numbers. But if you're a portable to portable, you get that one as a multiplier of two. And yes, friends, the mathematicians who are listening know what is the square root of two? It is about 1.41413562. 1, mm-hmm. <laughs> so yes, what is. we were doing is saying this, how much do we need to still uh, equalize the portable station relative to the QTH station? Even after we've equalized power kil- uh, kilometers per watt, even if we've manage the number of tra- transmitters okay and even after we've kind of equalized for the difficulty of the mode to make the contact well we think a multiplier of 2 versus 1 that's a, that's a subjective judgment but we started out with portable-to-portable a portable getting a multiplier of four. And Ed, uh, DD5LP, and I actually ran some numbers. We made up some numbers from he in Germany and I here in Mississippi, and we kind of used those multipliers to see how that would work. I actually did a simulation where I generated that log data and ran it through that. And let me tell you, the portable ops just kicked the fannies of the QTH stations when it was a multiplier <laughs> of four. So we we tamped that down, Neil. And, and again, it, it's a guess. It's subjective. It's a guess. But that multiplier of two for a portable portable in future years – we can bring that down further if if it doesn't seem like it's fair so that's what we call a tuning parameter you may not have that station tuned in just right but in future years we can change that multiplier and we might even increase the number of transmitters so in a sense we've got a theory and then we've got a metric for scoring And I will tell you one other thing that I did, being the statistician I am. The only contest that I could find with public logs that reported the distance of contacts. Now, I know you can take the Maidenhead's and compute the maidenhead centroid-to-centroid distance, and I plan to actually do some of that. I've actually pre-computed all those, have them in a database, and I'll do a little research on that in the future. But I took the Stu Perry 160-meter contest. They've got the high power, the QRO, the low power, the barefoot, and the QRP. And they have the average distance of all the contacts they worked in kilometers. Okay, so this is how far you were getting out on the average. And then they've got your best DX distance, the furthest station that you worked. And for QRO, barefoot, and QRP, guess who tended to do better? This is not a shocking test, Professor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the uh, QRO I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with the big gun.
2: Yes, the big gun showed the big gun, and if you look at these, what are called box and whisker plots to show a distribution, you'll see that you've got some big guns that didn't do quite as well as the barefoot or the qrp or but the medians are clearly in that rank order, and the top ends, some of the big guns averaged about 13,000 miles. Now, I don't know how many contacts that one had, I will tell you, but I'm just looking at this graph. And on the best DX difference, the same thing happened. The same thing happened. But I thought, okay, well, what if I take those distances and I divide it by the power they were using so I get a distance per watt? You, don't you need to go to a commercial mm-hmm. break so we can leave them hanging? I do.
0: We, we, we are... I'll run a little over, and yes, we, we, can, we can do our cliffhanger here. Right
2: so. after this. <laughs> so,
0: when we come back, Frank will uh, finish up about that, and we'll talk about uh, some of the support that he has, and then we'll take your calls right after this word from ICOM America, right here on AM Talk Live. Get out and be active with ICOM's new IC705 and its optional multifunction backpack. The IC705 is your perfect QRP companion, as you have base station features and functionality at the tip of your fingers and a portable package covering HF 6 meters, 2 meters, and 70 centimeters. This compact rig weighs in at just 1 kilo, or a little over 2 pounds. With RF direct sampling for most of the HF band and IF sampling for frequencies above 25 megahertz, and that... Large 4.3 inch color touch screen with live band scope and waterfall. The IC705 does 5 watts with a BP272 battery or 10 watts with a 13.8 volt DC power supply, has sideband, CW, AM, FM and full D-Star functions, a micro USB connector, Bluetooth and wireless LAN, integrated GPS with an antenna and GPS logger, a micro SD card slot, a speaker mic comes standard and supports QRP operations. The perfect accessory for your 705 is the optional backpack LC192 with a special compartment for your ic705 and room for accessories for soda activations or just a day in the park make sure you visit icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information on icom radios
1: join the conversation give us a call at 859-982-7373 again the number to call is 859-982-7373 or, if you'd rather type than talk, tweet us at Ham Talk Live. Now, here's Neil Rapp with more Ham Talk Live. Right now, you could be taking a de expedition to North Korea and work the pile up of the century. But instead, you've decided to listen to Ham Talk Live. We thank you. And now, here's Neil Rapp with more of the show.
0: Welcome back to Ham Talk Live. We're on the air Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, right here at HamTalkLive.com. And thanks to Icom America for sponsoring the show. Check them out, IcomAmerica dot com slash amateur. Make sure you check out Ham Talk Live on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We'll take your calls here in just a moment or two. If you have a question for Frank. Give us a call at 859 982 7373. 859 982 7373. Or you can tweet us at Ham Talk Live. If you're listening to us on WTWW or on the podcast edition, you won't be able to uh, reach us live since uh, we're not live. We're, we're recorded. So uh, when we left, last time when we left Batman. Um, <laughs> you were uh, you were talking about the final equalizer so let let's uh, finish that up. We're going to talk a little bit about sponsors and then we'll we'll go to the phones.
2: Yes, Batman I've changed the equalizers into Batmobile and as we were saying <laughs> last time, yep power power gets out there it always has and probably always will. but in the Stu Perry contest for 2019, I did this for 2018 as well and it's about the same. when you take that distance, and divide it by the power, the QRP folks dominate. Now I know it's only 160, you just one couple of years of a slice of data. But it told me that yes, the kilometers per watt might be a pretty significant equalizer. Because what it focuses the operator to do is to be efficient with power and what's that thing neil in the amateur code that i think we probably took a test on and it says Mm -hmm. use only as much power as as you need to make the contact yeah so that it'll be interesting it's something new it's it's unique for sure it may flop it may get popular but that's part of what makes it fun
0: well being a numbers person like you i i like it i I like uh playing around with the numbers and trying to find a balance to equalize all of this out and and uh you know there's always some trial and error and so you know i i think you've got a really good start on this and there might be some tweaks down the road but but i think you've got a an excellent start on it and uh it's, it should be a a unique thing. Now, I want to talk a little bit about some of the support, but how are how are you going to get all of these numbers from people? What kind of numbers are people going to be overwhelmed by the logs that they're going to have to keep to get all this data?
2: Well, you know, logging software is like a set of screwdrivers. If you're like me, you've got that old blue handled screwdriver you may have inherited from your granddaddy, and boy, that's your favorite Phillips screwdriver, and you're not changing for anything. You know, there's some hams who have who have those kinds of issues about logging software. But what we've done, because this is different, because you need to have the Maidenhead uh, uh, grid square centroid to centroid. And the software, you don't have to, but it's good for you to do it. you got to have the maintenance. We have a ham in um, uh, um, Australia who publishes a a piece of logging software called VKCL. His first name is Mike. I'm just getting to know him, and he's doing a custom version for us. Really what he's doing is simply adding the Portable Ops Challenge into the free uh, VKCL software. So one of the ways of handling that. Neil, is simply, and give us about a week, we're testing that now. He's got it done, but we're testing it. We we'll want to make sure there are not any glitches that we are not uh, don't know about yet. And so you can download that software and keep your logs in BKCL. We had a volunteer. From the N1MM, uh, group, say, Hey, I'm going to write a template for a user defined contest, a UDC in N1MM nomenclature. And Al is his first name. I won't put him on the spot here, but he's promised to get that. And if he does, we'll uh, put a link to that or maybe have the UDC or something. We'll, we'll have it there on, on the page. Now, I did talk to Scott Davis, N3FJP. Love his software. Have a full blown uh, license for all of it. And he said, you know, I just can't put the time in right now. You know, the field days change because of COVID and I, I just, I just can't get one done. So he said, maybe I can do it the next cycle. So we will not have uh, N3FJP, but we will have a free, uh, piece of software VKCL uh, and we might have an N1MM. So, uh, we have a Cabrillo format for any other logging program. And as long as you have what we require, and we define that on the web page in the exchange neil and fairly standard uh the the maidenhead grid square is which is more common in VHF, UHF than it is in h f but we need that for the distance per watt, and you might change that power, so you got to kind of keep up with that, so it's doable in others, and we can take that Cabrillo log and we'll do the computations um you know, if need be. But I, I hope it won't be overwhelming. Uh, we don't think it will, and we're trying to put something out there that's free uh, that will work fine. And Mike, who's the author of EKCL, will be joining our steering committee next week, and he's going to work with us on vetting the logs to make sure nobody doesn't put a, a comma or a decimal point in the wrong place, so to speak. Uh, we have to check those things. I will mention that we've gotten uh, a lot of support from multiple continents, uh, who are just really excited uh, about this. Okay, for me to go into our how we're yeah, endorsed? yeah. So stuff? you've
0: got uh, several radio societies uh, around the world working on this, and and in the National Contest Journal, and so you know, let's talk a little bit about that support, and well, then well, we're going to get to the calls.
2: Doctor Doctor uh, Scott Wright has been a supporter for uh, you know six months or so, and so. When you, I don't want to call them sponsors because there's nothing financial necessarily. All they're doing is saying, hey, we think this is a good concept so we're giving an endorsement. And Scott has done that, and in the current issue of the National Contesting Journal and his editorial, he actually gives a shout out to us. And Scott's just a great person. I know he's been on your show before, and he's, he's doing some great work. Um, we also have the United Kingdom DX Foundation, CDXC, as I mentioned, Don John Field, the editor of uh, Practical Wireless, and DXer, uh, Expeditioner Extraordinaire, is the president of that. Uh, the South African Radio League—they are Dennis—is just very exciting. Got an email from him a few days ago. And he says, "Let the games begin. We're ready." <laughs> uh, and in Australia, what I like to call Aussieville—the uh, Hellenic Amateur Radio Association of Australia, Hiroa, uh, they are good to go. And and Tommy Vokarakis there, who's their president. He he said he you know he's going to abandon his QTH station and go portable. He's he wants to try this. Yeah, so I hope we get enough of the the uh, semi big guns, if not the big guns, uh, into it. And we we are giving away a prize. MFJ has come in with a Zagu G ninety, which is kind of the the hot um, uh, ten watt, twenty watt, I guess it is uh, rig that's uh, very popular these days. And so they're going to give uh, that as a grand prize to the overall winner, and we'll have somebody who actually gets the best score, and they'll get a plaque. Now the Hellenic Amateur Radio Association is actually sponsoring a plaque, and we've got some members of the, the board. Now we're going to have some some stuff that's that's going to go on, and and, um, and I'll talk about that later if if uh, if it's appropriate or if it comes up. Uh, and w- we've got some other intrigue that, that will go along. So the October 3rd and 4th this year, before we get, uh, get to that, let me just say, one of the toughest things our steering committee had to do, Neil, is, is, um, we wanted to go back to the Mayan calendar because we figured the only <laughs> way we'd get enough weekends oh, for the number yeah. of contests that hams like to have is to go back to the Mayan calendar but since we thought people would really get confused, talk about confusing on the logs and numbers. Now, that would confuse them. So, <laughs> it's tough. So, when we look at the, the weekend that we have, the 3rd and 4th, the weekend before, you've got CQ Worldwide Riddy and the main QSO party. The weekend after, the 10th and 11th, we got the QRP, ARCI contest. There's a Russian Riddy, There's a 1010 International. There are four. Count them, four. Nevada, Arizona, Pennsylvania, South Dakota state QSO parties. There's an OCN. And a DX which is huge and then there's the fist uh, CW so we chose one now unfortunately the California CUSO party is also the third and fourth and there's a German uh, telegraphy uh, contest there's RIDI OPS, there's Oceana Phone and then there's another fist so you know our steering committee just had a hard time and, and w- we hate that it's um, there on the same weekend but we encourage people that we have an 8 hour window you choose oh when you want to work. It's got to be a solid block. You can't just wait for the weather to change. I, I, meant, I meant propagation to change and decide to operate again. So you pick your eight-hour block. And over that 48 hours, you work it. Now, that gives our brothers and sisters across the pond uh, in uh, uh, Africa, in Australia, in China, or, uh, Japan, wherever, that gives them the, an equal shot at propagation. You pick your eight hours over, over that 48 hours. Uh, and if you're not doing it, give a shout out and work some of those California kilowatts. They're going to be doing it all weekend. You're only going to spend eight hours with the Portable Ops Challenge. So, um, we want to just give a shout out to there. We're, we're sorry there. Some of them are kind of upset, uh, as I understand it about us doing that. And we're not trying to rain them on anybody's parade. It's just darn difficult to find a weekend that you don't have some contest. And bear in mind, Neil, while you and I are here in the States, this is not a U.S.-only contest. The NCJ is just one of four groups who promote uh, DXing and contesting, and Just who embraced this idea and said, let's give this a shot. We're going to talk about you. We're going to hope it works. And uh, it's an international thing. And so it's going to have have an opportunity for people to work some DX entities that maybe they don't often get a chance to. So anyway, uh, there's well, that. I know, so, I know all
0: too well. That, believe me, trying to schedule things and not interfere with something else is is an impossible
2: task. So well, we had the Mississippi I, I totally, Total Party, Missouri, totally you. Missouri, you know, Missouri, M O, Mississippi, M S. They moved to our long-standing date, and we didn't get upset about it. We just said, "Look, people, welcome to the bands." M O is different from M S. We'll work each other. Use your phonetics, so people who aren't from. Around here, you know, we'll know who we're talking about, and, and it worked out fine. Now, we're not as large as the California Q-support. Q I think they had some 900 logs, but the Pennsylvania one the week after afterwards is, is, I don't know, they had maybe 600 logs or something, according to Bill Barr. So, as you said, it's just not easy.
0: Yeah, and as it, Kermit it's, said, it's not
2: easy being green, so it's yes, not easy exactly. for a exactly.
0: It is not well, we are actually already overtime, so we're going to move move along here. Uh, we want to take calls at eight five nine nine eight two seventy three seventy three. We'll uh, we'll see if we can get uh, one or two in here real quick, and we'll check. Uh, but we also have a, a very long distance phone call from Ed Durant DD five LP. So we're gonna we're gonna play. Th- Ed's phone call here. It it it's like three in the morning,
3: so we'll we'll forgive him for sending it ahead of time. But here it is. Hi Neil. Hi Frank. Thanks, Neil, for giving Frank some time to publicize the new portable operations challenge a contest i call the thinker's contest because you've got to decide when you're going to take the 8-hour block within the 48 hours depending on propagation and other factors you've got to decide what power you want to use you've got to decide lots of things about which mode is a better option for you based on the handicapping whether you go portable or operate from your home station so there's a lot of work beforehand to do and then some good contesting for 8 hours in what is going to be an international contest what I'd like to prompt frank to cover perhaps is contests within contests on the icq recording we heard that frank's contesting group decided between themselves to enter the poc and compete against each other and in a similar way the icq podcast presenters are doing the same there's no need for any registration but how about the arn guys joining in as well neil what do you think from ed dd5lp well, you
0: know, the, the, the Newsline crew's been in on, on several of these, and Christian uh, K0STH has, you know, the fallout and the tune-up, yeah. and, and we've done some of those. And so, yeah, maybe we can do Newsline. But, but Frank, you want to d- address uh, Ed's sure. uh, call here?
2: Ed is the Energizer bunny uh of (laughs) of amateur radio i love him he he's uh he says what he thinks i respect and appreciate that and we get along just just so very very well and he's also on the icq podcast uh, as a presenter as well ed's got a great idea he probably got a little bit uh misconstrued something i said my podcast team is not competing within ourselves we're we're going to operate as one team however um the steering committee my podcast, or oh my podcast, my portable ops team, is uh, paying for a sponsoring a steering committee championship. Just for the steering committee, whoever gets the best score for the steering committee log, will will give them a nice plaque. The podcast, ICQ podcast, is talking about at Ed's behest having a little. You know, uh, game within a game there. And so I hope amateur radio newsline will consider doing that. I think it will give, uh, you know, a lot of options for people to either get outdoors. And if it's cold or, you know, it could be snowing, uh, you know, in Canada and places like that by October third uh, and fourth. So it'll give you a lot of options. I think it's a great idea.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll see if we can uh, make that happen. And uh, let's see here. We have a call on the line, and I also have uh, a comment on here, but let's go ahead and take the call. Good evening. Welcome to Ham Talk Live.
4: Good evening, Neil. It's uh, Jocelyn, KDA VRX, and good evening,
2: Frank. Hey, good evening, Jocelyn. Thank you for calling.
4: I saw the caller
0: well, ID, but I, I, think- I wanted to keep the suspense, Jocelyn.
4: <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Uh, no, I, uh, I saw the announcement uh, of the contest, and I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I have a KX2, and it's, um, it's really fun to uh, take around, uh, very light, very portable. Um, but as Frank mentioned, on many contest weekends, uh, nobody's looking for you. If contacts are easy to make, Re- unless you're booming in somewhere, nobody's going to really try to dig the QRP guys out. Uh, I think this turns the table around, and I certainly welcome it. It's a, it's a different idea, and I'm, I certainly hope that everybody tries it uh, either from their QTH or even portable, but uh, I think it's a great idea, and I, uh, Frank, thank you for putting that together.
2: Well, it was a t- it's a team effort, and we got a great steering committee, as I've said. But Jocelyn, let me let me underscore your point. Thomas Witherspoon loves his KX two. I've got a little Zigu X five one hundred five, but I got my eyes on a, on a KX number two. The first comment with my portable ops team, as we were eating fried catfish at a local restaurant after the Mississippi Hustle party, was this: How did we make it pay to operate portable? And I think you just expressed it. So that was the first idea, Jocelyn, that I took down, pen to paper. How do we make it pay? And you said it. They're going to be chasing you if you're operating portable.
4: Yeah, because, uh, I mean, I've done a couple of parks on the air with the, the QRP, and, you know, it's pretty good. But uh, some station that may not hear you that's running a lot more power is just going to take over the frequency, and you're kind of tossed to the side. And if you're just in a pile-up, like I said, unless you've got a really good setup, you may be able to break through the pile-up. But, uh, you know, otherwise, you're just kind of – it's frustrating sometimes, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, like – Those
2: those that are running all that power, they aren't going to get much for that power because, you know, as you've already recognized, that distance for each watt, turn the drive down to your amp (laughs) – (laughs) I don't know if you remember Doc Hollywood, the old old movie. Get off the interstate, Doc Hollywood. Turn down the drive, Doc Hollywood, because it's costing you. So that five watt rig you've got, Jocelyn, it hopefully will be the powerhouse that you may not get as many contacts, but they're going to be worth a lot more.
4: Yeah, exactly. So, anyways, I know uh, the show is running a little long and I just wanted to chime in and say thank you for uh for the the different idea on contesting and trying to level the playing field. I think it's uh that's fantastic. So, thank you very thank much, you Frank. Thank you so much. Thank you to all your team.
0: Thank you, Jocelyn, for the call. We'll see you soon.
4: All right, take care, Neil. Bye-bye. Bye, Frank. Bye-bye. Bye-bye
0: all right uh troy simpson w9kvr wants to know have you ever thought about doing a midweek contest now troy and i we are into the school club roundup because we're both school teachers and we have our school clubs that that do this and and so we're we're in this monday through friday thing which you know i know it's not a contest well yeah it's kind of like field day it yeah. It's not a contest, but there's a score, so the kids yeah. are going to make it a contest. So, have you thought about the the midweek thing?
2: Yes, we did. Uh, in, in fact, we thought about midweek to try to avoid, quite frankly, the congestional weekends. We also thought about letting it run throughout the year, kind of like the uh, parks on the air thing. The running through the year it was such an overhead to manage. We did, the, the team didn't have it. You know, certainly right now, we haven't ruled anything out, Neil. But the, the midweek thing, here's what you run into those that are employed and working, you know, perhaps that's one of the small bennies of being a teacher and teaching ham radio, is you get to play radio on your job, maybe. Um, uh, but after school.
3: <laughs> after school.
2: I hear you. I hear you. Uh, so you cut out a lot of people that work. So, you know, we wrestle with that. And yes, we thought of it. And I, I don't want to say, never say never, but let's see how this first year goes. And it might be that, that we could have, and I'm not promising anything, it's up to the committee. Might be we have two. We have one on the weekends like this, and we may have another one sometime, maybe in the early spring, uh, you know, during the, during the week or something. But that's a great idea, and I'm making a note of it to come back to. And, uh, I think we've got some, some, uh, bandwidth here to, to do a variety of things, but that's a great thought.
0: All right. Well, that's a good comment, Troy. Thank you for that. Uh, and he mentions, uh, WB, 9 z down the road. So yeah, they're another big station there. And, uh, thanks to, uh, uh, John W4USF and Chris AA4CB for being, uh, online tonight as well and uh, just uh catching up here on some of the comments and um Troy mentions the uh, 8 hour block helps with with you know the people who are working makes it a little more uh right you know it makes it easier to, for that to happen although you still Plus have they, they uh, get the,
2: they get the plan, you know, your choice. to play with the gray line they get to play with yeah. the gray line too so
0: yeah so Lot as Ed said, lots to think about when when the field is is fairly level. So every um, boxer, I, I think will it'll tell be a great experiment.
2: Every boxer will tell you if you're boxing someone who has a left hook, you want to wait till they use it and then you hit them with a right cross. It's as much or more about strategy than it is about brawn. So it's radio sport over radio gear.
0: Now, how are you going to – we've already talked about statistics and and everything. How are you going to evaluate this after it's over and see if you're going to make the tweaks, or is that another show?
2: Well, it could be another show. What we'll do (laughs) is like a lot lot of things is – because I don't know the answer, but what we will do is the steering committee – Uh, and the log vetting committee particularly because they'll see all the nuances in the logs and what I plan to do is is put all these on maps uh, on the foxmichaeltail.com POC uh, webpage you'll start seeing some of the results and maps and we're going to analyze this to see you know, kind of what we can make out of the log data and we'll, the, the, the steering committee hadn't uh, determined this, but we're likely to make them, make them public. So we're going to really analyze this, maybe more than some and not as, not as much as some others perhaps, but we'll look at it and we'll look at the timing when, when we offer it. This was the, our best shot this year, but Neil, we, we'll look at it and we want to make it better. And if we do have something as Jocelyn and Quite a number of other people have said, uh, you got a good idea. Well, okay, let's see how we can implement it and maybe implement it better. We'll get some feedback from contestants. You know, they're, they're going to tell you, you should have done this instead of that, and we'll probably say, you know, you're right. We learned for 2020. We're going to make these changes. So we'll broadcast that out through our website. And if you if you just can't get a good uh, uh, speaker, Neil, I'll come back and tell you about that.
0: <laughs> well you said you listen to the podcast i'm glad that we, that we found another one of the six that do so
2: well, well so i alone. do and i enjoy it and it's on a, it's only <laughs> list that i listen to every episode um and when i i take trips and stuff uh, my iphone's doing double time because I, i'm listening to podcast so yeah yeah that's, you have a great show i enjoy it very I much
0: all right, Frank well, we're going to finish things up here, but uh let's do just a quick rundown of where to find out about this and the dates and just the 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 quick synopsis here of, of what's going on, and then we're gonna say seven three
2: okay, if you like Pina coladas it walks <laughs> in the rain nah, I don't now, like now I thing.
0: have to say i i had to i because of copyrights i had to cut uh, off the, the, the promo at the beginning absolutely. and he, he had this beautiful promo and it's on his website you can you can go to com and play it but it was if you like pina coladas and walking in the rain and, and that was before the the part that i had you know playing here yeah. so yeah, yeah that's where that's where he'll, that's coming he'll, from he'll
2: that. but but unless you'd rather do that uh go to foxmikehotel.com and click on the poc tab and you'll go to the portable operations challenge and we've got several pages uh and uh as i told uh, particularly myself you know, I don't have a good-looking picture of you, Frank, but I do have one that looks just like you. And you'll see <laughs> members of our steering committee and uh, their backgrounds. You'll see I've tried to put together both portable operators of various kinds and statures, as well as a very, very good contests, some of the best. And so we've put those together there. The rules, we've got a rules document at the top of that rules page. so You can click on it and get a PDF. And we've got a couple of little minor little uh, inconsistencies that I'll be changing probably Tomorrow, and we've had some good feedback there. FoxMikeHotel dot com. Click on the POC and come see us, and we'd love to have you.
0: All right, there we go. Well, Frank, thank thank you so much for being on the show, and and next time you talk to Ed, give him a hard time for me, and and I've, I've been trying to get him to help me with my Welsh because. Last night I found out about this this town that that's in Wales that has a name that's like fifty four letters long or something and and so I'm trying to learn how to pronounce it and so Ed's like oh yeah well, I had to do that in my grammar school
2: so. Ed is a peach and I'm from Georgia so that really means something positive oh well, there and you go. I, I, I love Ed so thank you for having me Neil. All
0: right. Thank you, Frank, for being here on the show. And that is a wrap for this episode of Ham Talk Live. Thanks to my guest, Frank Hal K4FMH, and everybody out there in cyberspace for listening and calling in and typing in. And come back next Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern time at HamTalkLive.com. And over on HamTalkLive.com, you can see... All of our upcoming guests. And also we've got a new load of uh, t-shirts in. So if you'd like to order one, uh, you can do that. Go to HamTalkLive.com. Click on the show schedule and shirts link. I know that's kind of odd, but that's because I can't put it on the same website. So uh, click on the link there and uh, that'll take you to the ordering page and you can get a shirt. And if you like the show, leave us a review. That helps others find us faster. So for now, this is Neil Rapp. WB9VPG saying 7375, and may the good DX be yours.